Welcome to Legendary Geek Outs. This is a new show by me, the Legendary Bearded Geek. Uh, recently came known to me that apparently there's another podcast by the same name that has a similar logo to mine. So I decided to start something different. It's going to be pretty much the same thing you get from Legendary Bearded Geeks podcast, just with a different name and a different layout, because this new layout that I'm doing is going to be solely focused on different topics each week and I've got four topics that you'll get a month the first topic that you'll get will be comic book based the second topic will be video game based the third will be horror movie based because I am a very big horror movie addict and the fourth one will be about TV shows and movies retro TV shows you know old movies and just you know, doing like little little favorite quotes with guests and stuff like that, just discussing why we love certain shows and movies, and you know maybe doing a top ten here or there from all these topics. Um, so for now, until I get everything fully fully developed and get my guest list set up and get a couple of recordings underway, I've got I'm transferring all of my episodes of Legendary Bearded Geek podcast over to this, and I'm going to start with this one which is my episode that I did based on the differences between the Hush animated film and the Hush actual, like, story arc. Um, so until I get everything underway, you'll get, you'll get some episodes that you've already heard before, so if you still want, if you, if you enjoyed it, just give it a listen again. Um, and, you know, I've, like I said, I've got guests lined up and ready to go. For a couple of episodes to start off the legendary geek outs and that's pretty much all it's going to be we're just going to geek out we're going to geek out you know the negative we're going to geek out the positive uh we're going to you know rant and rave about why we didn't like certain things that were done or why we you know we're going to we're going to you know praise highly on the stuff that we really fucking loved and you know that's pretty much it um so thank you guys all for your support uh, you can follow my new channel on Twitter at GeekoutsPod, and follow me on Twitter at BeardedGeek19, and I will catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening. So you're trying to get back into comics, maybe even picking up on some of the animated movies. Hey, you're in the right place because shit, I can talk about that kind of shit for days. Both the animated movies and the comic books that follow that that come from the stories. Uh, tonight's episode is going to be about the differences between one comic book story arc that happened from 2002, uh, written by Jeff Loeb, illustrated by Jim Lee. And I'm talking about Batman's Hush. Now, I 
we'll go on ahead and state for the record, I was entertained by the animated movie, but I did not really appreciate the changes that were made because that was such a solid detective book and they stripped away so many of the mysteries and so many of the main parts of the story for the movie because they decided to add it to the DC animated films universe you know tied in with Batman Bad Blood uh, Son of Batman Batman versus Robin um which honestly this movie should have just been a standalone like under the red hood um i mean artwork from jim lee for god's sake should be plenty of a reason to keep this and to not try and you know redo it in a form that make it look like every other dc animated movie is coming out now uh this is just weeks prior to apocalypse or justice league dark Apocalypse Wars, which I'm extremely excited about, but we're not talking about Justice League Dark tonight. Maybe in a future episode, I've already had a couple of guys on Twitter, uh, and you know, me and myself, I've been posting a lot of Red Hood stuff lately, and you know, a lot of people have been appreciating that, and they've been asking, you know, my opinions on Red Hood, and I'll get to that in another episode tonight. We are seriously just going to stick to the differences between Hush, the animated movie, and Hush, the story arc um now in total in my research there are 23 differences uh i'm only going to focus on the ones that had a significant impact on both the story and the fact that they were missing from the movie um and you know if you follow along I still recommend anybody, if you want a good time, go watch the movie Hush. If you want to actually be knowledgeable of the events that actually happened, go pick up Hush uh, in trade and read the read the book. Cause holy shit! And I've got I, I'm I've been torn since I've thought about doing this. Cause this is actually an old episode. Uh, well, I say an old episode. I had a podcast before. I canceled it, I got rid of it, uh, and then started back up recently. This is episode four, and I've decided I wanted to bring this one back, and I've still been torn this whole time as to whether or not I should leave in or take out the significant difference in case you want to read the actual book of hush um for those of you who do who have read hush you guys know the big big major plot turner at the end of the at the end of the story and i will say how they fucked it up in okay that's how i'll do it i've been thinking about whether or not i should say it. i won't say who they find out that hush is but I will say in the I will I won't say from the book. I'll say it from the movie. I'll I'll say who they put as Hush in the movie, but not from the book. In case you want to go read it, because I mean, face it, if you're just watching a Batman animated movie, you'll figure it out halfway through. Because the animated movies do tend to cut out some things. Uh, I mean, just look at Under the Red Hood. That's my all-time favorite Batman animated film aside from Mask of the Phantasm, uh, and 
the whole story for Under the Red Hood, you went the whole book without even realizing, like you got subtle hints, but you didn't know because you assumed he was dead, that Jason Todd was back from the dead. Well, the movie just went on ahead and, hey, we're going to throw this out here at you at the very beginning by playing the events of Death of the Family in the first 10 minutes of the movie. That's kind of a kind of a bit of a spoiler, but luckily enough, we all read the book. Well, most of us read the book before the movie. So, um, yeah, um, we'll just dive right into this. Like I said, there was 23 differences that I found, but I'm only going to stay. I'm only going to like announce the significant ones, um, one of which and it, it still ended up being a pretty entertaining fight uh, at the beginning in the book there was a kid that went missing and was being held for ransom by Killer Croc. Well, in the DC animated movies back in Son of Batman, Killer Croc had been locked up. I can't remember if he was locked up in Arkham or if he was locked up in some other special containment unit specifically designed to hold him in. Uh, But they pretty much wrote him off at that point uh, because they locked him up, threw away the key kind of thing. Um... So for the movie, they decided to switch it out and replace Killer Croc with Bane. Eh, not a bad choice, but the fight between Batman and Killer Croc, just the fact that you're seeing Killer Croc as actually more than a blubbering idiot like you saw in the animated series, that was pretty solid to me. Um, I mean, yeah, he was still a tool for someone higher up to get the money, but he followed orders pretty well. Um... And the Bane fight at the very beginning, like, it was, it was funny because, you know, the fight actually looked about the same. The fight itself, it was just a different villain. Um, the thing that made it funny was, like, after Batman saves the little kid, the kid, t- he tells the kid to run, go outside, his parents are waiting, and the kid runs by, stops, turns around and kicks Bane in the side of the head and calls him an asshole. That was pretty damn entertaining to me. Um... And I think, you know, I don't know, a lot of people debate, because I know that Batman the Animated Series, originally when they introduced Bane, he wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. He was pretty much like you got from Batman and Robin, the movie Batman and Robin. But he actually was quite humorous, and to be perfectly honest, after seeing... Uh, after watching both The Dark Knight Rises and the Harley Quinn animated show, as well as uh, if you caught it briefly a couple of times in the Lego Batman movie, that voice is pretty much canon for him at this point. The, the one that they created for The Dark Knight Rises is pretty much like ask one comic book reader who has watched The Dark Knight Rises, watched Lego Batman movie, or watched Harley Quinn's animated series, and they will tell you that whenever they read a Batman comic that has Bane in it, they are definitely reading it in Tom Hardy's voice. It's just, you, you can't go around it. But, yeah, some people think that, you know, his venom makes him incredibly dumb but i i don't i actually think that makes him more dangerous because i don't think it affects his i think the more he uses maybe but the amount that he uses at a time to take down batman 
I don't think that's enough to really do any significant damage, but I could be wrong. I'm not the one who writes them. Um, next on the list that I made up, or that I, that I, you know, that I've processed is uh, there was a whole scene in the book where uh, fuck, um. Raz al Ghul was supposed to be in it. Well, instead they introduced Lady Shiva. And, you know, the whole scene that pans out that's supposed to be between Batman and Raish ends up panning out between Lady Shiva and... Um, Lady Shiva and Batman instead of Batman and Raish because... In Son of Batman, at the very beginning, uh, Deathstroke and his army attacked the, the League of Assassins and pretty much burnt Ra's al Ghul up. And he died just outside of the Lazarus Pit. He didn't actually make it to the Lazarus Pit. And, you know, I, I thought that was just poor timing. I mean... Really, because Ra's al Ghul is such a significant character in the Batman comics. Why are you going to take him out in the first five minutes of a movie and then make him never be able to come back? I, I just think they could have done so much more with that one. Um, I won't touch too much on that one because it's not a... The, the, the events that happened, if I remember right, they weren't too significant of a difference, but just the characters and the fact that you know, why would you write off somebody like that? Um, I mean, just like also in uh, just moving right on into my next one, talking about character replacement for some odd reason. Uh, I remember at the end of Batman Bad Blood, they had everybody like going to stop the penguin. And then you see Batgirl, who had never made an appearance in the whole series yet, just like appear from behind a water tower and just they cut the credits. I guess they felt like they had to do something with her instead of introducing another character. So they decided that they were going to replace uh, Huntress, who was actually in the comic books, uh, found Batman's body after he was shot out of the sky. Uh, someone shot his rope and he, you know, came tumbling down. Shit, I don't even know how many f stories of... It's like it's several stories. Um... Huntress was the one that found him in the comic books, but they made it this time that Batman's the one, or that Batgirl is the one. Uh, you know, she tried, uh, Catwoman comes and tries to, Catwoman, who Batman was originally chasing, comes back and tries to find out if he's okay, only to be, you know, ran off by Batgirl. Batgirl's just like, no, get the fuck away from him. You know, I'll take care of it from here. Uh, they did have a larger role for uh, Dick Grayson as Nightwing. I enjoyed it because they at least kept the uh, the dialogue for the main part. Batman had been considering throughout this process of everything going on that he had gotten closer with Selena. He found out that Selena was, you know, actually not doing any of the things that she was doing for her own selfish greed. Uh, he kind of wanted to be open and honest with her and let her know 
that he was Bruce Wayne. And, you know, there was this whole conversation in the Batmobile between Dick and he's like, you know, this is probably none of my business, but I'm actually happy for you. You know, if you would feel like you need to tell Selena or tell Catwoman who you are, then, you know, I'm happy for you. And Bruce is just like, yeah, you know what? You're right. He's like, I am. Yeah, it is none of your business. Like little shit like that. I always like little quips between them. Um, they did, of course, add a couple of action scenes for it. Um, you know, he takes down a heroin lab towards uh, the beginning of the movie while Batman's, you know, doing his little work like like having to be Bruce Wayne for a little bit in one night. So they added something to make it seem like Gotham was still being protected while Bruce is you know having to be Bruce which he always seemed extremely uncomfortable with. Um I made a note here saying that you know Bane actually escapes from prison, and the reason I say this is because in the original in the original storyline, uh, it looked like Killer Croc had broken out of police custody in the story, but Amanda Waller was in the actual comic book story, and Bruce or Batman had convinced her to let him go so that Batman could follow back to where. Croc was like where Croc was going with you know the money like where who who the head guy in charge was, so yeah instead of being instead of actually breaking out of prison like they did in the in the movie, um, Killer Croc, not Bang Killer Croc was supposed to actually just be let go but make it seem like he was doing it on his own accord, that way Batman could follow him without being suspicious one bit about it. Um. In the comic books, uh, Batman visits LexCorp, and you know he somehow Talia Al Ghul was the acting CEO of LexCorp, following uh, Lex Luthor, who in the comic books at this time was President Luthor. Um, however, in the movie Lex was still I believe he was a probationary he he was that's right in uh, Reign of the Superman he was made a probationary Justice League member he never ran for presidency so Batman visited Lex himself to get information and I don't know I don't fully understand why Talia was even a part of the whole damn thing. Like, why, why, why was she suddenly CEO of LexCorp when while Lex was president? Why wasn't somebody else? I mean, well, fuck, I can't remember her name. Lex's right hand in LexCorp, the one, that, the the girl that's always following him around, like. She could have easily been it. No, they made Talia, and I don't fucking understand why. Um, 
now moving right on is this is where this is when I would a lot of people might argue that this was made better in the movie. I disagree just because of some of the simple one liners. Um there's a fight scene that breaks out between Superman and Batman. And it's because Superman or Poison Ivy had gotten a hold of some kryptonite and mixed her pheromones with the kryptonite so that she can actually mind control Superman. That's a scary fucking thought. Um, well, Batman being ever so prepared as he is, was given a ring made of kryptonite that uh, he kept on his persons at all times in case he ever needed to use it against Clark or if there might have been some other Kryptonian that might have come down and, you know, like General Zod, for instance. You know, he could have used it against them. But in the movie, they made it, like, kryptonite-infused brass knuckles. I didn't like that. Brass knuckles is too cliche as far as, like, a fight scene goes. This dude literally had a diamond rock that he could put on his finger and just knock the shit out of Superman. And he does. In the comic book, he knocks the shit out of him. Um... In the animated movie, the only thing that they made the reference to, the fact that it was a piece of jewelry originally, was Alfred saying, uh, packing the jewelry tonight. And, I don't know, I, I, I feel like it could have been so much better if it was just the ring. Especially since it didn't seem like it was manufactured in the Batcave, the ring was actually given to him by Clark. So I always thought that was pretty cool. Um, and for all you dog lovers out there, uh, in the comic book, there was a big scene with Crypto. Uh, he made a he made a cameo appearance and was actually the one that stopped Poison Ivy uh, and kept her from actually attacking anymore. There was no Crypto the Super Dog in the any animated movie yeah I know doggo fans like that that sucks um also major difference is that Batman learns the villain's name in the movie is Hush not his real name yet but he learns it much earlier on in the in the movie than he does in the books like he never learned the name Hush until the very end of of the book like the end of the actual story arc but like Poison Ivy just straight like she's just being questioned you know right after the Superman fight and she just blabs it right out you know like it was Hush that gave her the uh, that was what it was it was not pheromone dust it was uh, lipstick made with synthetic kryptonite that was what it was that controlled Superman. Now, how she got close enough to Superman to actually plant one on him is fucking beyond me. But, hey. Big, big issue that I have. One of the big issues I had with the movie was the fact that they threw this into continuity for the animated universe, but Damian Wayne was in it. 
Damian Wayne has been in it since Son of Batman. Uh, you know, Son of Batman, Batman versus Robin, Batman Bad Blood, Teen Titans versus Justice League, Teen Titans of Judas Contract. He's been in every fucking one of them. And that's fine. But this story came out four wait. Yeah. Hush ended in two thousand and three while Damien didn't actually get introduced into the Batman universe until 2006. So that's a three-year difference. And they just threw him in the story. And I'm guessing he was supposed to take Tim Drake's spot because Tim Drake wasn't anywhere in the fucking uh, movie. Um, Although he does have one good line about, you know, Bruce and went Bruce and the women in his life, by stating a quote that I wrote, that I wrote down that says, uh, "Past poor choices in women, including but not limited to my mother." Like he just straight slams his mom right then and there. That was pretty, pretty interesting. Um, There was an opera house scene. I know it probably seems like I'm skipping over, but I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. The reason I didn't like pan out like scene by scene with the differences was because I didn't want to drop anybody any like major spoilers that might want to watch the movie because uh, I still recommend it. So I'm skipping over a whole bunch of the dialogue and stuff. I'll just maybe may mention like one or two things that I enjoyed, like you know, like the Damien line, but. I don't want to like give too much away in case you do find yourself wanting to check this out, especially now while we're under quarantine still here in North Carolina, they just pretty much blocked out uh, the fact that we were supposed to open everything back up next week. Now they've decided they're going to go until May. Uh, I think most of the country has to. Um, in the comic book, version the, the the opera scene um Harley robs the opera because uh she was joined into Hush's scheme because it gave her a chance to work with the Joker again and she for some odd reason she was trying to win back now up until the animated Harley Quinn show I never gave two shits about Harley Quinn. I still, you know, won't go out of my way to read a comic book involving Harley Quinn. Like, I won't read the Harley Quinn solo titles. I might read Suicide Squad, but, you know, I, I'm just not a big fan of Harley Quinn. I think that she's kind of overrated. Um, and I, I, you know, I do appreciate what they've done when they finally had her break free from the Joker you know, showing that she could be strong and independent and maybe giving some some of these uh, people that are in bad relationships where, you know, they feel like they need to be with somebody who might be abusive to them uh, because they think they love them, showing them that sometimes that's not the best way and they can stand up for themselves and deal with it and be done. So I do agree that, you know, Harley Quinn might have some positivity towards her, but she's still not one of my favorites. Uh, but she was trying to win Joker back in the uh, in the comics, so she joined up this. Um, 
in the movie, Hush comes to Harley and announces that he has kidnapped the Joker and then blackmails Harley into doing this for him by threatening to kill Joker if she doesn't do what he says. The uh, most iconic part in the movie and the book would still go to the fight scene between the Joker and Batman uh, that had some differences, but basically Thomas Elliot, who was introduced in this story arc, uh, he was actually one of Bruce's longtime friends, like since they were little kids, uh, you know, Thomas Elliot was always there for him. As a matter of fact, Thomas Elliot was the one who pretty much put bat put Bruce back together again. He had no idea that Bruce was Batman, but he put uh, Bruce back together after his incident off the roof. Um, he decided that he was going to go after Harley himself, and by the time you know Batman made it to the alleyway, it was too late. He had found Thomas Elliot dead in the gutter, Joker crouched on some boxes holding the gun and just laughing like a lunatic. Um, in the comic, there was like some slight interference between Harley Quinn and Catwoman trying to stop Batman because Batman about killed him. This fight was the probably most brutal Batman fight since the killing joke. Uh, I know some people might not consider that a brutal fight, but I, I kind of do. Just because of psychological reasons behind that fight. But Batman was choking the life out of Joker. And Joker was legitimately sitting there telling him that it wasn't him. He wasn't the one who killed it. You know... Um, The Joker in the comics was, in fact, a willing participant in Hush's scheme, but the movie, he had actually just escaped from a nearby basement and just as confused, it, like, yeah, that he was legitimately just as confused about what had happened to Thomas Elliot as, you know, Batman was. Um, we also had a huge part of the love interest between Selena and Batman. I was okay with that part of being different. Uh, there was more focus on that. And that's because I'm a pro bat cat. I'm a pro Batman Catwoman person. I don't, you know, the hell with Talia al Ghul, Vicky Vale, all of them. Fuck all of them. You give me Selena and Bruce, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much good. I was hoping we'd get that wedding back in, back in issue 50 of the Rebirth, but. My wife was calling it out from the second they announced it that it wasn't going to happen. Something was going to happen. I'm still kind of bitter about that. So, yeah, they did focus some more on that. And actually later, Batman reveals himself. And this is actually the story where it happens. Batman reveals himself as Bruce Wayne to Selina Kyle. So that just solidifies their relationship that much more.
they left out a huge part, which was the redemption of Two-Face. He had actually been in the comic book. He was reformed. Like, they fixed his face. Uh, They gave him a clean bill of mental health. Took all that out. Um, It also hinted that... uh, They kind of hinted at little things that made you think that who the real identity of Hush was was Two-Face. Such as Harvey Dent walking around in in the jacket that you eventually see Hush wearing. Uh, It looked like an exact replica. So, you know, little things like that kind of made you think that it was going to be like he had a clean bill of health, but not really. Like he was able to hide it better. So they they took that out. Um... They changed up the fight with Scarecrow between Scarecrow what was originally supposed to be uh, Catwoman and Huntress squaring off against Scarecrow in a cemetery. They changed it up to Nightwing and Catwoman fighting the Scarecrow. And pretty much uh, Nightwing almost beats the shit out of Catwoman thinking that she's some kind of like fucking werecat or something. Um, you know, Scarecrow up before it ends. You know, he reveals to him that he was hired by Hush. So pretty much Hush has been taking people from Batman's rogues and just hiring them to do super, like certain things to pretty much keep him distracted away from Hush. But it all led right back to him. And this is where we come to my most disappointing part about the animated movie that I would have loved just due to the fact that we could have had a lead up to a remake, an animated remake, and introduced Jason Todd into the DC animated universe aside from being under the Red Hood. Um, In the comic book, Batman, like, he is... If I remember right, he was tripping mad balls like um and thought he was confronting hush only to have the bandages like be removed from his face and it reveals and even under the trench coat you see the r and you see jason todd standing there right in front of him and under the red hood has not happened yet and when hush came out completely forget about that shit um this would have been so fucking perfect had they done it. I mean, sure, it ended up not being Jason Todd. It ended up being Clayface. But how fucking dope would that have been? We need more Jason Todd in in the DC. I'm just going to say that. Um... I'm skipping ahead a little bit to the the main meat of it um and this will be one of my final final ones I don't want this to drag on and I don't want to accidentally spoil too much like I said earlier but in the comic books when Hush is finally revealed it is such a fucking shock like shit that we are used to 
that we still weren't 100% used to. And it just ended up being great what we got in the actual uh, comic book. Now, if you've watched the Harley Quinn show, and I, I can't remember this actually happening in comic books. I might, I might have missed the story. But Riddler now has a question mark in his forehead, on, on his forehead. I don't know where the hell that came from. I don't know why the hell it's there. I don't really care. I just, I don't know. But for some odd reason, they thought it'd be a good idea to replace Hush, the original Hush, which I'm not going to mention his real name, with the Riddler. I, the original Hush was such an amazing turn, but you got the hint in the animated movie that it was going to be Riddler the whole time when Riddler is introduced later on in the movie. Um, I'm not taking too much away from that because I won't give you like how he came up with this alter ego or why even he came up with the alter ego. I just felt, I felt cheated. I felt cheated being someone who had followed this story arc for so long. I'd read it multiple times since its release. And I just, I don't know. I feel like we could have done it right had it been a standalone movie. Um, Maybe maybe you guys have your own thoughts. Maybe you if you you know if if you guys have uh, watched both the animated film and read the comic, you know, message like let me know on Twitter what you guys think. Let me know if you guys think that you like the changes. If you like the changes, then you know that's fine. You found entertainment. Like I said, I found it entertaining for what it was. I did not look at it as the actual Hush story. It just had moments from Hush in it. But aside from that, it just was not my thing. Um, so yeah, I think I think we're due for uh, for another solid detective story from Batman. Uh, this would have been it, but it just didn't do it. Um, so yeah, just trust me when I tell you it's it's perfectly fine if you would just rather watch the movies and not care about the comics. But I do say that if you want the extra entertainment, man, the comics are the way to go. The comics offer so much more in depth. Cause trust me when I, trust me, I've read under the red hood. I don't know how many times since it was released. That is one of my favorite story arcs from Batman next to hush and the long Halloween. You know, there's some of my favorite story arcs, but I've got to tell you that they, even for the animated movie under the red hood, they left a lot of stuff out, but because they made it a standalone movie, they left the stuff out that we could have done without. The stuff that wouldn't have made a significant difference. They kept all the really, really important shit. And sure, they spoiled the main, the main villain, you know, right at the very beginning. But that's fine.
it's just your own opinion. That's I mean, you know, that's all you, you just gotta <coughs> excuse me. Um, you just gotta go with it. You know, just let me know what you think, and uh, next time I think about it, you know, if you have any ideas on what you'd like me to talk about next, like I said, I will talk about anything. I, you know, as long as it's video games that I've actually played, I can actually talk about like the Uncharted series, the Arkham series. I'd love to do a discussion on, you know, why I personally didn't like Arkham Knight like everybody else did. I'd, you know, get I get in a get a guest that's, that's pro Arkham Knight as opposed to me who's pro Arkham City um, I'm still trying to you know wing this thing and you know piece everything together uh, it's my first episode that I'm going to have an intro and an outro uh, that'll actually hopefully make it to Spotify um, so yeah I think my next episode I'm going to be discussing will be about Red Hood because I, for some odd reason I've been like strung up on Red Hood for a couple of days now. Um, even started reading the Rebirth series again of uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws. Maybe I'll discuss. Maybe I'll do a little discussion about which one of the two teams that I preferred. Do I like the Re- New Fifty Two or the Rebirth? Um, you guys let me know on let me know on Twitter what you think. Um, and until that time comes, this has been Legendary Beauty Geek, and I will catch you next time. Geek out. Welcome to Legendary Geek Outs. This is a new show by me, Legendary Beauty Geek. Uh, recently came known to me that apparently there's another podcast by the same name that has a similar logo to mine so i decided to start something different it's going to be pretty much the same thing you get from legendary bearded geeks podcast just with a different name and a different layout because this new layout that i'm doing is going to be solely focused on different topics each week and i've got four topics that you'll get a month the first topic that you'll get will be comic book based. The second topic will be video game based. The third will be horror movie based because I am a very big horror movie addict. And the fourth one will be about TV shows and movies, retro TV shows, you know, old movies and just, you know, doing like little little favorite quotes with guests and stuff like that just discussing why we love certain shows and movies and you know maybe doing a top 10 here or there from all these topics um so for now until i get everything fully fully developed and get my guest list set up and get a couple of recordings underway i've got i'm transferring all of my episodes of legendary bearded geek podcast over to this and i'm going to start with this one which is my episode that I did based on the differences between the Hush animated film and the Hush actual like story arc. Um, so until I get everything underway, you'll get you'll get some episodes that you've already heard before. So if you still want, if you if you enjoyed it, just give it a listen again. Um, and you know, I've, like I said, I've got guests lined up and ready to go 
for a couple of episodes to start off the legendary geek outs and that's pretty much all it's going to be we're just going to geek out we're going to geek out you know the negative we're going to geek out the positive uh we're going to you know rant and rave about why we didn't like certain things that were done or why we you know we're going to we're going to you know praise highly on the stuff that we really fucking loved and you know that's pretty much it um so thank you guys all for your support uh you can follow my new channel on twitter at geekouts pod and follow me on twitter at beardedgeek19 and i will catch you guys on the next episode thank you for listening